from Indianapolis with an eye on every corner of the state. This is IBJ Media's Inside Indiana Business with Gary Dick. Presented by Elevate Ventures and Indiana University. A big economic jolt to the Wabash Valley. How Terre Haute locked in a massive electric vehicle battery deal and what's next for EV growth in Indiana. And the state tooting its horn after a record year for carrying cargo. What's pushing freight growth at Indiana's three shipping ports? Teeing off in Indiana to the tune of $2 billion. Golfers driving it long and straight, landing right into Indiana's coffers. Plus, who's your ag innovation intersecting with renewable energy? How one Indiana farm operation is transforming manure into clean energy. Hello and welcome to Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick. Indiana once again charging ahead to grab a piece of the electric vehicle battery pie. Larry Bird, he helped uh, put Terre Haute on the map in the 1970s, and now the city is buzzing about a massive development coming to the Wabash Valley. Oregon-based battery component maker Intech planning to set up shop at the old Pfizer campus in Terre Haute. It's a $1.5 billion investment expected to create more than 640 new jobs. A big spark to a region that through the years has pursued but hasn't really landed a big mega deal like this. For more on what drew Intech to Vigo County and how the region stacks up in terms of having enough workers ready to fill those jobs, let's go to Terre Haute now and get some answers with Terre Haute Mayor Duke Bennett coming to us from his office uh, there in uh, downtown Terre Haute. Mayor, thanks for joining us. Good to be here, Gary. Hey, uh, this deal, $1.5 billion, I was trying to uh, you know, think back. Is this the biggest deal ever in the Wabash Valley economic development? Why certainly has to be one, one of the biggest. Uh, you know, for me talking to other people and just from my memory, it has to be. It, it's a significant one that doesn't happen very often anywhere. But, you know, right. be able to land it in our community, it definitely stands above anything in the past. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this deal. Intech, uh, 640 jobs, uh, electric vehicle battery uh, components. What what sealed the deal, Mayor, do you think? What made Intech say, hey, we want to be in Terre Haute. We want to be in the Wabash Valley. There was a couple of things they specifically, they wanted to be in the Midwest. That was their first, that was their primary uh, target, which is, you know, obviously good for all of us around here in the Midwest, but um, having a shovel ready site, there's a little bit of utility work that's going to have to be done, just very small amount that the, the, the capacities there, they really liked, they thought our workforce availability was going to be what they needed. And the, and the colleges, you know, schools that we have here are going to be able to produce the kind of people they need to work there. So that was another fit. And I think they just really liked working with us. I mean, that, that always comes down to the end. Do they like working with the local community? And so I think we put on, you know, a really good initial conversation. Cause if you think about this, the conversation didn't even start till October and it closed this wow. week. That's pretty fast for a project of this size. And so yeah. I think all those things coming together led to that. Very, very quick uh, wrap on that deal. Uh, education workforce. Uh, we talked with the CEO of Intech this week. Here's what he had to say about uh, coming to Terre Haute. We like the education system that Terre Haute or Indiana, I should say, is offering the vocational ed have an Ivy Tech down the streets a benefit. 
Yeah, education in Terre Haute is blessed. Indiana State, Rose Holman, Ivy Tech, St. Mary's. You got all those schools there, and this uh, may be uh, an outgrowth of that. Yeah, and when you, you know, there's always the conversations about how do you keep college kids in a community? Well, here's an opportunity for 642 jobs, or wages are going to be about 71,000 a year. It'll give us a chance to keep some of those kids here when they do graduate. Yeah, Mayor, every, everybody is struggling with workforce and talent. How are you going to get the, the people? Are you confident you can get those workers to fill those jobs? You know, you're hopeful, but it's a concern. Um, so is housing. So is child care. You know, it's these same issues keep cropping up. And then when you land a big um, opportunity like this, you're thinking, OK, that just multiplies the problem. And so we're working on those things, but it, we're going to have to really move quickly in order to make this work. Yeah. Hey, Mayor, we've only got 30 seconds, but uh, this is the latest in a series of announcements and developments there. New convention center in downtown Terre Haute. You've got a casino that is going up. A couple of new hotels uh, may be on the way. Do you sense this is Terre Haute's time that the momentum is, is really beginning to build? I absolutely do. It's been coming for the last few years and it's coming to fruition. I mean, we've had over, it'll be over $2 billion worth of investment in private um, sector in the last few years. Okay, very good. That is a, uh, a Terre Haute Mayor Duke Bennett on a major announcement. I should mention, too, the CEO there at Intech said, hey, uh, we have room for growth or maybe more growth after that. We'll keep tabs on that. Mayor, thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. Well, this isn't Indiana's first rodeo when it comes to establishing its footprint in the evolving EV space. Stellantis building a $2.5 billion battery manufacturing facility in Kokomo. It's a joint venture with Samsung SDI. Meantime, New Carlisle, northern Indiana near South Bend, in the running for one of GM's massive EV battery plants. Although plans on hold for that potential $2.4 billion investment. GM also putting big money into EV technology at its Marion and Bedford plants, uh, nearly five and a half million dollars in all. Well, Indiana proving not to be as landlocked as most people think. Next, how moving goods along Lake Michigan and the Ohio River bringing big bucks to the state. At PNC Bank, we're committed to making a difference in the lives of our customers and communities by helping them move forward financially. As a Main Street bank, we try to do right by our customers with every encounter. Our local teams offer personalized financial advice to help guide you in making the best decision. We're proud to be part of your community. PNC Bank. See how we can make a difference for you at PNC.com. Copyright 2022, the PNC Financial Services Group Bank. All rights reserved. Perception. Indiana is landlocked. Reality? No, it isn't. In fact, Waterways are steering big bucks into the Hoosier economy and record investment in uh, the offing for Indiana's three ports. Freight shipments up over 40 percent compared to the pandemic year of 2020. Overall, Indiana's three ports, Burns Harbor, the northwestern part of the state on Lake Michigan, and the Ohio River uh, facilities in Jeffersonville and Mount Vernon, handling nearly 12 million tons of cargo. The CEO of Indiana's ports, Jody Peacock, is here now with more on what's driving growth and perhaps some investment plans on the horizon as well. Jody, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Gary. Glad to be here. Uh, let's talk about the numbers uh, because uh, uh, good, solid growth for last year in 2022, big growth uh, over the previous year, but two ports 
Burns Harbor and uh, Jeffersonville record numbers. Yeah, and, and and that's, you know, it's kind of been a steady uh, comeback from, we had some down years, COVID uh, impacts uh, hit businesses all across uh, our, our industry. And we're a very diverse port system. We have a lot of different cargoes, but we're seeing growth now in steel, ag products, uh, fertilizer, ethanol, DDGs. So it's it's ne nice to see everything coming back. And, you know, we're, we're at record levels at two ports and we see more growth yet to come. And it really does dispel that myth that Indiana, you know, isn't a shipping state because it really is, I think, what, 12th yeah. in the country in terms of shipping. People forget. They look at a, a map and, and they think Crossroads of America. Right. And uh, we actually, if you look at it, 57 percent of our state's border is water. Mm -hmm. And we ship over 50 million tons per year as a state. Mm -hmm. And that puts us right in the mix of the top states in the country. 12th, as you said, yeah. in the country. And if you look at domestic shipments, what's moving in between the states, we're sixth in the country in waterborne shipping. Yeah, and some of those uh, are good indicators for the economy uh, as well. As you look at the potential for investment, because uh, I know you're looking really mm -hmm. hard at that, what's the potential for big investment uh, at the ports going forward? Yeah, that's been a big focus of ours. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, the way that financing is being, uh, being given to ports, it's federal federal dollars is the way to grow your ports. Uh, we are not funded by the state. We get no taxpayer dollars going into our ports from the state. So we apply for federal grants and compete across the country. And we've been very successful in getting grants. We're working $60 million of new projects right now at our ports, expanding uh, capacity for bulk shipments for multimodal shipments. And so we're gonna continue doing that in the future. And right now it's, uh, we're getting a lot of inquiries from companies that you know, they see we're business friendly, that we're growing, we're investing, and so we're excited to be able to help our customers grow in the future. And you're looking at potential growth too, development outside of the ports, the actual properties, right? Yeah, and you know, don't, don't tell anybody, Gary, but no, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, so our ports have been around since 1961, yeah. our organization was created. Uh, we have roughly 2,800 acres of land available on the Ohio River and Lake Michigan. And 80% of that original land has been developed. Mm -hmm. And so we've expanded the ports five times. And at this point, we've got one mega site in Mount Vernon that's ready to be developed. Yeah. But after that, we're, we don't have a lot of big sites. So we're gonna look around the state for, for mega sites that are on rail yeah. that could help us grow and, and create economic impact for Indiana. We'll be following that story. Should mention you are the CEO of the ports, the new CEO, not new to the port system though. <laughs> Been at the ports of Indiana for 22 years, just named uh, uh, the new CEO about five weeks ago or so. Uh, how's it feel? Uh, it's, it's a real honor to, yeah. to be able to lead an organization that I've been a part of and have really grown up with over the years. Uh, you know, when I started, I didn't know Indiana had ports, but uh, it's certainly been a, a fun ride. Yeah. And it's, it's, I've got a great team and a great board. And to be able to work with the governor's office and, and this administration, it's been a, a real pleasure. And I'm excited to see what's next. Very good. We'll look forward to having you on the show many times going forward. Appreciate it. Jody Peacock, the CEO of the Ports of Indiana. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Well, up next, Drive It Straight. Get it in the short grass, knock it in the hole. How golfers in Indiana are driving big bucks into the state's economy. And Indiana's connection to this horse running on a treadmill, the IBJ's David Lindquist reports on a busy season for a local startup specializing in collegiate clothing. And David also catches up with the former metal band manager turned bacon and sausage maker, how he's uh, growing his business.
Here's what's making news around Indiana, brought to you by the Indiana Association of Realtors, Indiana's 21,000 realtors, the neighbors you know, the experts you can count on. Well, golf and government uh, aren't really two words you often hear in the same sentence. But this week, officials from the game and Indiana legislators convened at the Statehouse to celebrate findings from a recent study on golf in Indiana at the Statehouse. Around Indiana reporter Mary Rachel Redmond joins us now from a tee box in Hamilton County with more. Mary Rachel. Well, Gary, I don't know how good your swing is, but I can tell you golf is driving the Indiana economy more than $2 billion a year. Talk about a hole in one. The numbers coming from a new 2022 economic impact report commissioned by the National Golf Foundation, which also showed the game contributes over 50 million for charities. I caught up with Indiana Golf Executive Director Mike David to get his thoughts on the latest findings. Yeah, you know, um, I think for those of us who work in the golf industry, you kind of expected those numbers, but still when you see them in print, it's significant, right? And, and to say that, uh, you know, they didn't show it to us this time, but the last time we did an economic impact study, uh, golf ranked ahead of, uh, of dairy products for production in Indiana. So really when you, when you put it in that perspective, it's a pretty significant number. Obviously golf being over a $2 billion industry is, is significant. Um, I think the fact that over 23,000 jobs in Indiana are related to the golf industry, I think that's pretty significant as well. And I will say that the vast majority of those people, I think, kept their jobs during COVID. So I, I think that speaks well for the game. But I also think, um, and what some people may not realize, is the $50 million a year generated for charities from the game of golf. I think that 80% uh, of our golf courses in the state are hosting some kind of charity outing during the course of the year. And those are significant dollars for those, uh, those organizations that they're helping. So I, I think that's a significant component of it as well. Chief Operating Officer and General Manager of Bridgewater Club in Hamilton County, Mike Gardner has worked in golf all over the country, from Philadelphia to the Carolinas and even Florida. And he says the Hoosier State is special when it comes to the game of golf. I've seen different regions of the country, and I will tell you that the Indiana Golf Association is the leader, if not, you know, one of the top in the, in the country for what they're doing with consolidating all the associations and then also helping the community understand. And the impact study is a real is real because most people don't understand the impact that golf has on our community, on our state, on our economy. And the, the work that they've done to get that information out there is priceless. It really is. Um, and you know, the fact that, like I said, you, would, you wouldn't think that Indiana would be the leader in that, but they, want, they are. Mary Rachel Redman, Inside Indiana Business. All right, Mary Rachel, thank you. Well, time to check out now what else is making business news around Indiana. And we begin in West Lafayette. That's where Purdue is playing a key role in the future of aviation operations and safety. The university partnering with Saab and Ericsson to create a lab to life project that will test 5G innovations for airports uh, through real life situations. A new tone in the air for Fishers-based Vibonomics, the audio marketing tech startup being acquired this week by Texas-based Mood Media. You can hear Vibonomics sounds in more than 7,000 stores around the country. Well, big money coming to help improve small-town Indiana. More than $127 million in federal money going toward fixing and repairing roads, bridges, and trails in nearly 40 rural Hoosier communities. 
And an Indiana connection to cameras and sensors used by truckers. Fort Wayne-based Convoy Technologies growing its operations north of the border, setting up a new manufacturing facility in Ontario. Well, Dennis Murphy thought he might carve out a career as a carpenter. Well, no, maybe it was a calling to the priesthood where he belonged. Instead, Murphy uh, would follow his passion for people, his devotion to doing good works in the world, and uh, he'd find it in health care. Now the president and CEO of IU Health, Murphy says his time spent as a teenager in the seminary brought his career path into focus. Really loved the idea of giving back, doing good in the world. I always love being part of a team and a bigger group. And you really felt that way when you were at the seminary, that there were a uh, set of like-minded people all trying to uh, do something special with themselves and their lives. Much more with the man in charge of Indiana's largest health care network, IU Health CEO Dennis Murphy. That's on the next Business and Beyond podcast. It drops on Monday. Well, turning manure into something useful. How a big Indiana farming operation is using livestock waste to create big time renewable energy. And IBJ's HR Impact Award celebrates HR professionals, teams, and companies for success in creating exceptional workplaces. Does your company have a great HR story to tell? Make your nomination by April 7 at ibj.com nominations. And don't miss your chance to nominate your most admired leaders for Indiana 250. It's IBJ Media's list of the 250 most influential business and community leaders around the state. More at indiana250.com. And be among the first to meet the 2023 class of IBJ's 40 Under 40. Join us April 21st to meet this year's honorees, RSV or reserve a corporate table by April 14 at ibj.com events. Well, Indiana is continuing to make a name for itself in the renewable energy sector. This week in the White County community of Reynolds, Biotown Biogas fired up one of the largest on-farm biodigesters in the world. The company sources food waste, animal manure, and other ag waste to produce renewable natural gas and electricity. What they're doing here and what they're going to do in the future is they're going to reduce the carbon output that would be the equivalent as if we planted 5 million trees in Indiana. So you can see the value that is to the state and to really our reputation as a leader in sustainable and greener energy here in the country. What many people do not know and understand is that from an innovation and technology standpoint, Indiana is just flat out a leader. We you look at you look at Eli Lilly, you look at Dow, you look at, at Vex Hybrid, you look at, you know, just just up and down, up and down the spectrum. The Biotown facility in White County supports more than 50 full time jobs. And Indiana's tourism industry recognized its own this week, the historic Lerner Theater in downtown Elkhart, providing the backdrop for the Indiana Tourism Association's annual awards dinner, recognizing tourism execs, businesses, and communities for creativity and innovation in driving what is a $10 billion industry in the state. I had the honor of emceeing the event and caught up with Executive Director Carrie Lambert, who told me the industry is back. 
It really did rock the tourism industry, but I'm happy to say that we rallied. People want to get out. They want to experience. Thanks to our partners at the Indiana Destination Development Corporation, they do some economic impact numbers every year. And the most compelling of those is that on average, a Hoosier saves $530 per household because we have tourists coming into our communities, spending money, supporting our attractions, our restaurants, and our lodging. And those numbers are, those are real savings for Hoosiers. A record number of entries at this year's awards. And among those award winners, so in tourism's Luann Matson was named member of the year. Well, spring has sprung in Indiana, and that means it's time to get the clubs, uh, get the clubs out and hit the golf course. We leave you this week swinging ahead to another robust golf season in Indiana. Thanks for joining us. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. And that's when my caddy lost sight of it. Thank you for listening to the Inside Indiana Business Television podcast. Remember, you can get the latest business news from every corner of the state at InsideIndianaBusiness.com. I'm Gary Dick. Go out and make it a successful week.